0: Welcome to Honest Retail, the weekly podcast that dishes out the truth about the latest news, trends, and blunders from the CPG, consumer, and retail industries. Now, here are your hosts, Cameron McCarthy, Taylor Foxman, and Carlton Fowler. Everybody, welcome to episode 52 of Honest Retail. We're doing an unusual Friday episode uh, today. I was actually the culprit this week uh, in in having to reschedule. So I appreciate CJ and uh, Taylor uh, kicking it with me here on a Friday. I sound awful today, so uh, thank you to everybody who's kind of pushing through that uh, along with me. But. Uh, I have a toddler so I'm sick every other week that's just kind of how it uh works because they're disgusting but um <laughs> CJ Taylor how are you both doing
1: doing well hey instead of uh instead of sound awful how about sound sultry and uh you know like like you know just just a little bit more Zone uh, it yeah yeah just own it.
0: yeah it's <laughs> uh I think it probably sound like a been smoking for quite a bit but uh yeah it's uh it's it's not a great sound I can't. <laughs> it's not a great audio experience for anybody taylor how are you doing
2: i'm doing good i like doing this on friday it's like i feel energized to do this almost close to the weekend too so feeling good i'm good
0: we might have to reassess moving forward friday could work uh tuesday is like my mm-hmm. favorite Tuesday's easy my least favorite day of the week. So having it usually be on Tuesday. Uh it usually makes me cheer me up for like my least favorite day, but I could also see it just making a day like Friday even better. So um so we're gonna keep this episode a little bit shorter than usual. So why don't we dive into uh products that caught our attention? Um I'll start off um I ordered for the first time because they recently joined WeStock and I wanted to try it out, but, um, Bowie, uh, B-A-W-I, I I hope I am pronouncing that right. They're a sparkling. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, the branding's killer. Um, like killer, the branding's awesome. Uh, I really like the lemon flavor. Um, I've tried other Agua Frescas in the past and I've been kind of surprised when they're not sparkling. So I liked this one being a sparkling Agua Fresca. Um, really liked um I think like the the lemon was the best for me because it like wasn't overly sweet uh but like the pineapple as well um and yeah I'm uh, I feel like this is a really good like summer drink uh and could also be like a really solid mixer too um so love the love the two guys building this business and uh really like kind of this space it seems like we're between them and a few others it looks like there's like a lot of agua frescas going into the market here Taylor like have you tried it before? Too.
2: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, they um, they had talked with the angel group that I'm part of and we tried it uh, this past year I've, multiple times. I, I really love the guys. I think they're hard workers and I really, really like the products too. I, I'm not super familiar with other direct competitors. I've seen a few, so I, I would need to do a little bit more research, but there, I actually mentioned them yesterday and something I was recording too. I, I, I proactively called them out um i think they have a really really good tasting product and i really like the founders and seeing them also just get out there a little bit more on social media too and carve out a voice is uh pretty nice early on so they've already kind of caught on to the need to to get out there as founders and, and get on twitter and other platforms and talk and engage and have a point of view so i think they're off to they're off to a good start yeah
0: Yeah. The other one uh, is Agua Bonita, uh, but that one's still, I don't think it's sparkling. Um, Also really good founder over there is killer. And uh, they actually just launched into target, I think this week.
2: Uh, So obviously,
0: yeah. And so they're, um, Mm -hmm. they've got a little bit of a head start um, on Bowie, but I think uh, both like very different products, uh, even though it's like very similar. Um, But I think too, like, Minute it made also i just think launched a, like agua fresca cuz i saw it in CVS so it seems like this space is is kind of blowing up uh taylor how about you what are uh, what are the products that caught your attention also too, um, shout out to Luden's never tried this cough drop before and it's pretty solid cough drop experience so you've been getting me through <laughs> wait the league, so. wait
2: wait a minute wait a minute so- <laughs> sorry everyone i have to stop you've never had a cherry luden's cough drop and in- in your no,
0: prior so, to
1: right
0: now no the the football podcast that i follow was hyping up luden's cherry and then i like got sick a day later and so i got <laughs> i'm usually a like a ricola like honey guy because like i'm i'm like of uh, course you
2: are i of go course through you like,
0: are. Yeah. I'm cough up right now no kidding <laughs> so like, so what
2: crying. what a shocker that you're a ricola guy
0: is Ricola like Wait. uh is it like high society
2: Yes, yes. Ludens is, is, is it's the it's up. the
0: working man's <laughs> coffee drop. It's
2: Ludens is the working man's coffee job. And I remember I remember that like they have the so I'm looking at the old school packaging. So it was like a square, looked like a kind of like a matchbook, and then they had the red thing. I remember I would make up reasons. I didn't even have issues with coughing or a sore throat. And then I would say to like the fart, the woman, the nurse at my school, I'm like, my throat really hurts. She's like, You've had enough cherry Ludens. Like, this is this is getting
0: ridiculous like yeah i and then i, I like my the old school packaging yeah. it's kind of cool i don't i'm not it, a big right? cherry it's i'm cool. not a big yeah i'm not a big cherry flavored guy but like they're pretty solid and but like the packaging has no has no information like it's just a white bag this is luden's wild you don't cherry. need to
2: know about it you don't so, need to know it. just use it it's yeah. great
0: but uh, yeah, I'm usually a Ricola guy. But I was like, I'm, let me try this one because the this this other podcast I listened to religiously was talking about it. So, okay, so, so what, what I
1: gathered I was getting my cough drops is Ricola <laughs> is the fancy pants cough drop. Thank you, Loon's thank
2: Loon's you.
1: Yes, is the golden grams of cough drops. It's the word. Thank
2: out. you, thank so, you. Like, I went,
1: find, I went to find my cough drops and apparently I have the uh uh the white label or the private label cough drops.
2: <laughs> scary, but... and then you have what CJ has which yeah, is yeah. the oh, yeah. no <laughs> name
1: I don't know if you can tell that this dog clearly thinks that anything that comes <laughs> in plastic is
2: food is food right is food right yeah, yeah. Luden's is, okay Luden's I, is best. okay I'll give you my I'll give you my drink I know we have short time I'll give you my drink um, went to Busan this week, and um, I never try samples. I just, I'm not a samples person. When you go into a store, I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong. I know I'm like one of one. But um, the guys over there brought me over to uh, try a product called Everleaf. It's, uh, apparently, it's been around for quite some time. It's a non-alcoholic portfolio is spirits, but they're also not led by like categories. So it's not like whiskey or gin or wine or beer. They're kind of like empirical spirits, but on the non outside uh, So it's just one's called forest, one's called mountain, one's called marine. Uh, could be a bit confusing for consumers who don't even understand the space really to begin with entirely. And now you have products that don't have any real tangible descriptions uh but they showed me the mountain one and it is this beautiful pink bottle and they had like diet tonic on site and ice and I literally didn't even ask a question I was just like I'm gonna take whatever you guys have I wrote a tweet like I was like what in the holy hell is this it was like all I could taste was like strawberries and cherry with the tonic like it's by and large now that I've been down this path for over a year now which is crazy i remember when i talked about it at the beginning Um uh, this is stand out this one varietal so the company's called everleaf um the flavor is mountain uh, take it or leave it um do it with tonic water and it is by and large the best non-alcoholic thing i've tasted in a long time
0: very cool yeah mountain is uh is a weird flavor profile um but i guess so is far like what does that Edmarine? mean right. I,
1: I totally get it when it's an old spice scent like I, <laughs> when it's a flavor i'm <laughs> i'm thinking a lot of like, you know maybe some juniper uh, <laughs> yeah. uh
2: mounted mounted
1: yeah, yeah maybe maybe some menthol for like that crisp like crispness like yeah very interesting
2: yeah mountain i maybe have them help change the name if i yes that may be on the list
1: but we're talking about it so you know maybe it's working yeah very yeah. cool
0: it's great stuff it's like very pink i'm looking it's at so good. It guys
2: up. it's it is i've never tasted anything like it alcoholic non-alcoholic it's just delicious 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 approved right, cool.
1: that sounds good i'm gonna try that cj how about you hey, guys like i have been like i haven't tried anything new all my all my meals have been delivered the last two weeks like Where I'm in the middle of like multiple financings and all kind of stuff going on, so like I just haven't tried a single new thing. There's nothing new going on in my life.
0: No one's pitching you and sending you samples. It's a total standstill right now. Oh, I just I'm just not open to them. People are pitching.
1: He's just
2: not opening
0: them.
1: Yeah, come on. You know, Fulmer at First Look is probably ready to kill me because I haven't you know haven't filled out like the last two the last two you know First Look box. You know you know. (laughs) <laughs>
2: um, yeah. shout, out to <laughs> shout out to brian
1: um so yeah i'll i'll, I'll be I'll, I'll do better next time do better be better
0: no worries all right well let's hop into our first topic um so why don't we talk about the heinz absolute mashup i think we've talked and highlighted a bunch of uh different mashups before um i don't know if this is going to be uh like a luden's type comment but i had no idea heinz even made uh pasta sauce to be honest before i saw this uh this collab um but thought it was kind of cool um i think like um you don't really see like two things from two different categories really collaborating like this especially when it's kind of alcohol beverage like absolute uh but taylor let's start with you what were your thoughts on on this uh absolute heinz mashup making tomato vodka pasta sauce
2: I mean, I have the same sentiment I've had when we talk about any of these types of things, like the Van I Idaho potatoes stuff. I just, I, it's all like it's all a marketing play. I mean, I I, I don't mind like Ruby Rusa creating their own pasta flavor, wonderful. Carbon creating their own flavor, lovely. Forno Ricard, with whom I have a deep a- admiration for, that's my background, but creating a you know a Absolute infused Heinz, like who's the? I don't just I don't understand the audience for it. Like, I get the marketing play and I understand like it's a PR moment in time, but I just again, this feels super kitschy to me and I'm not buying it. I think there are way better options, even if it's just traditional like red sauce or again, red sauce that comes from some of the more reputable restaurants or hospitality chains. Like, I, yeah, I. Again, go back to my thoughts. And I heard that the Van Leeuwen Idaho potato, whichever one, whichever ice cream company just launched that potato flavor is disgusting. But so, no, I'm not buying this. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I,
0: I actually don't
2: cook. Don't, I don't cook don't, so it's irrelevant. Right. So it's irrelevant. Remember, I don't cook. So let's ask Cam or CJ when he has more time.
0: No, I, yeah. I agree. It's definitely just like, definitely marketing kind of all over it. I think it makes a lot of sense Ugh. um in terms of yeah, like but, a collab. It's okay. Um, so, okay. Um, I actually, side note, tried Carbone's for the first time, uh, like, last week. And definitely, like, the only sauce where I'd be like, yeah, this is better than Rios's. I uh, thought it was, like, a Not really bad, good right? product. It yeah, very good. good. Yeah. Very good, for sure. Uh, CJ, what's your thoughts on the collab?
1: I mean, from Heinz's perspective, this is a win, right? Like, to your point, people like Heinz makes pasta sauce? Like, like you know, you know I, I, I think it helps Heinz. Like, I you know, Taylor... You know this probably even better than I do. Like if Preneau could just get absolute working again. <laughs> the, that's that's the, everything that's else the goal. The, yeah, everything else in the portfolio is doing great, you know? Um, and and so like I mean I I can imagine myself literally in the the creative agency pitch room where they're like, okay, we need to find some way to rehighlight like our glory years, but we can't just start running the absolute silhouette ads again. So how do we find some way to like ease into that? Um, and this is what they came up with. And like, I don't think it's bad. I think it does evoke some of that nostalgia. Um, but I don't think that um, I don't think it's going to, you know, this, hopefully this is just the first step. Cause like a lot of Perot's leadership has been talking about absolute in the press lately and that, that they have a plan to reignite it. So if this is the plan, let's hope there's a little more.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like you can see the marketing team being like, yeah, and then it's going to be around the social media hashtag, absolutely Heinz, and it's like, all right, what are we doing here? It's like, and I'm surprised that they're, (laughs) I'm surprised that it's only in the UK. So once it comes out here, I'll definitely purchase it. Uh, but I can't, can't imagine that it's like, uh, an outstanding product. But it's kind of cool, like the mashup of the logo too, uh, is like kind of the slickest part of it. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun, and we'll see. Um, you know, kind of if if more things like this are going to kind of roll out, um, because it obviously seems like it's resonating with a lot of consumers. Um, CJ, let's, let's bounce over to your kind of domain here. Um, A new fund uh, called the Family Fund uh, launched recently. Um, They're really, I think it's um, built by three kind of main key players in CPG space. So Kurt, um, side and Sticker from Vital Farm, uh, sorry, Vital Proteins. Sean Kelly, um, who started Snack Nation, which I think uh, then um, rebranded under Carew, uh, and then Josh Wand, who was the founder of Force Brands. Which, uh, for people who don't know, like Force Brands is kind of like the big like job market uh, website uh, for CPG and retail space. Um, it looks like it's a fund mostly focused on Series A um, stage consumer brands, um, and then. I see this like a lot like when we're going out to pitch. Um, they're they're kind of talking about like they've amassed this community of fifty founders and CEOs that help. Um, you know, I was actually like on this panel last week for, for like raising your seed round and stuff, and, and I kind of said to the to the group that was there, like, any type anytime you see an investor or something kind of talking about like the value add or their community, it it's never really as great as like you kind of think. And like a lot of times, like you're just gonna get the financing and not really be able to leverage that community. But it seems like here they're really Sorry,
1: (laughs) I take numbers with that.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what I'm saying. Like the like the 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 full like value out of like this community. Like really, how leverages are like? Can you how much can you leverage those 50 founders, and how much of a difference is that versus like you know going with a with another investment firm in the space? So I think you know, CJ, what I wanted your kind of thoughts on is like what were your thoughts on like the creation of this fund, and do you feel like it's huge value add having this network of founders and CEOs in the space, or do you feel that that's Marketing, where it's like, hey, like that's a way for them to differentiate themselves from other people.
1: but I, I think first and foremost, it's a way to raise money, right? I mean, like, I really like a lot of the founders that I work with, and I've, you know, I've always said I don't know what Fund Three is going to look like, but I would love if Fund Four was just founders as LPs because that'd be a lot of fun. Um, um, you know, they're doing a good job getting press with this, but like the fact of the matter is, like Gianuzzi's new fund is also done by founders and it's like an order of magnitude bigger, the amount that they brought in from founders that they just wouldn't found bigger founders. Um, I, 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 yeah, I was kind I of think...
0: surprised by the size, like and yeah. then all the marketing behind it. Cause the $25 million fund isn't necessarily like that, that big, especially for that stage.
1: Yeah, but, but I mean, for all we know, all, all, all these founders that are getting involved there, you know, want to put some into the blind pool and they all want to follow on a lot, or there's a bunch of other institutional capital that's wanting to follow on. Like, no one ever knows the full story. I think that utilizing and motivating founders is awesome in theory. Um, I would love to do it more. I, I think, though, at the end of the day, people's incentive structures dictate their behavior like full stop. So if having money in this fund makes these founders more likely to help the companies that the money goes into, then it's a total win. Um, you know, founders could open doors. Like, like, I, I, I won't pretend, you know, we, we have a reputation of, of, like, doing as much as possible to help our founders be as available to them as possible. Like, I I would be lying if I said that's out of the goodness of my heart. It's because we're a startup fund, too, and the more likely that they're successful, the more likely that we're successful. So, I, I the incentive structure has to be there, and if and if putting a lot into a fund helps that founder be incentivized to help the companies that that fund that invest in, then I think this could be an absolute leg up. Other than that, it's just PR.
0: Yeah, I I think in like the value add component, right, is like um like a lot of times it is marketing right like i mean like every single pitch meeting we go it's like yeah we really try to bring like a lot of value add on top of just the check right and it's like you can kind of rinse and repeat like that component of like your pitch to an investor like when they kind of talk through like their fund um but it looks like kind of building out this network of founders that's available to them um like it's not a new concept like there's a ton of um, funds that obviously do that it's just like how actionable and how available is that actually to the um, you know, to the, to the people that they're investing in for sure. Taylor, what was your uh, kind of thoughts on, on this fund and like how they're approaching everything?
2: Um, A few things. So I've known Josh and I've, you know, forever. I don't know the other two partners yet, um, but I, I couldn't speak highly more highly of Josh. I think him and his team, what he's done for, the industry just in terms of just like their role and reputation and helping with hiring, I think has been great. So I didn't even know he was doing this. I know he's always been in and around the investment space, but this was, I think like the first time more like kind of formally, right. I, unless I was off that he's been kind of associated with a fund or anything like that. Um, I just, so that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, but generally speaking, I had the same thoughts just around uh, the utilization of founders lane because more recently I, and again, I'm not as ingrained as UCJ, but I have, you know, I talked, Many, many, many calls of my day and week are with, you know, investors. And so I have heard more of that recently about incorporating founders into these funds and stuff like that. So um, to your point, I I don't think it's the first time that I've heard about that. I think it's interesting. also just i know this is like a random question but i guess i also think a little bit about like bandwidth and those people too like if they're kind of putting it in here is like you can tap them i think we all you're a founder cam and you know cj obviously you invest in founders i work with founders like it i just don't know the bandwidth and like the accessibility of that kind of more broadly speaking not just specific to, to this group um but the one thing i like i like the consumer thing i think it's obviously they're you know, there are so many companies in the traditional CBG space that are looking for investments, and there aren't that many that are, you know, reputable. And you know, I think so. It's good. The more options that are out there, the better for founders. Um, and lastly, is I like that they're very, they pretty specific as to what they're looking for. So, like late seed, Series A, like that's pretty specific. <laughs> I don't really see that too often either. Of like, we're looking, like, you know, it's monthly like oh, early stage, and then you talk to them, and then people have a little bit more specific. specific I can't today.
1: Specificity. Specificity. What?
2: Specificity. Specificity. You know, maybe Fridays aren't the best thing to do this. That's in. The Now you learn that I can't say that word. So
0: it's a hard word. Uh, it's Yay. definitely not. It's, it's
1: I can, <laughs> you can never spell the word bureaucracy on the first attempt ever. It's impossible. How
0: many times are you spelling that in like (laughs) Like I've never been, I don't actually know if I've (laughs) ever spelled that or typed that out.
2: Did You say bureaucracy, right?
1: (sighs) I used to have trouble with the word guarantee, but I've got that
0: down now. There we go. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, like as a founder, like the network of like other founders, like, again, like we've pitched people where it's like, yeah, we have this huge network that you can access. Like to me, it's just more important that I have like access to like, the like investors themselves like cj like we text all the time right and so like you guys are just accessible to us and like i know and like i just like working with you so i think i'm i would more index towards like is the investor accessible and like can they help and uh, are they available and is it just somebody i like working with where it's like i don't know as a founder, how much like I would put in stock into like, oh, there's this huge network that I can also call on just because we've seen like that that's not necessarily like super actionable a lot of times. And like you were saying, like sometimes it can just be PR or marketing. I more would rather just like focus on like the, the key investors and just know that they're like accessible. Um, and I think that that's what we've been, you know, really lucky with like through our process and finding investors and everything on our end.
1: That's a good point. And it actually brings up a good topic for next podcast. I don't know if you've seen, this new thing that like Sam Parr, who you know founded a bunch of um, you know newsletters, him and some other folks have put out something called The Hampton or Hampton, and it's
2: like, I saw that today. Yeah, I saw Alex Pattis put that up too. You know,
1: yeah, because you know, like I I I do probably believe there's some supreme utility in like founder groups, like founders helping founders type thing. Um, I just don't know. To your point, Cam, like you, like like the the point you're making is like, hey, what matters is time and attention obviously beyond capital capital is the bar and then time and attention beyond that you know is 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 the, the the next step and what this press release doesn't address is like here's how much time that was yeah that was kind of yeah that was my yeah. exactly right
0: um yeah no i uh i agree i think like um that would be interesting to assess, but I think as like a founder, that's definitely something I prioritize um, is just like having accessibility and like, is it just somebody I want to have on the cap table and like go to work with like everyday understanding that I can always call on that person and like have access to them. Um, but yeah, um, still uh, be interesting to see kind of how they deploy this capital um, and what bets they end up taking. All right, let's uh, jump to Quip and Walmart. So Quip, which is the uh, started as a direct-to-consumer brand, now has really large end caps in Target and Walmart as well. uh, It's the toothbrush brands. Um, They are now offering um, professional dental care through Walmart's online hub. So you can actually take like one uh, to six pictures of your mouth and it's assessed by a local dentist. And then they send back like feedback and issues like, hey, you have potential cavities or gum issues within 24 hours. And I just like from somebody who sees like a lot of different activations and partnerships, like we just talked about, like Heinz and Absolute, like this is an actual partnership where you're really working closely with one of your major retail partners. You're figuring out like, okay, how can we provide extra value To your customers, not just in a way that's going to help increase the velocity of our product, but also just make the customer experience so much better. And I just very rarely see like in store activations or online activations um, like this that are actually really meaningful to the customer and that are going to really drive value and increase sales, both to Walmart and to Quip. And so I love this partnership. I thought it was great. I wanted to highlight it. Um, you know, CJ, we can start with you. What were your thoughts on it? And and how do you think an emerging brand can kind of take a lesson like this and creatively think like, okay, how can we actually provide a really strong customer experience, um, you know, to our customers inside of retail?
1: I mean, <clears throat> I think you sum this up perfectly. There, there, there's There's no need for me to, repeat what you just said like actual service something novel engages the customer hopefully is useful um i would feel really awkward taking pictures of my mouth and sending them to someone but like
2: Mm -hmm. like
1: like i there are many dentists in my family my grandfather was a dentist my dad was an oral surgeon and like you know you can't let the perfect be the enemy the good the people who are using the service probably weren't getting three checkups a year um, and and you know, if you if you pull the dentist aside and said, Is this a good idea? They might be like, Oh, god, no, but like, this is for a person that wasn't going to the dentist, and this is gonna help them, this is a good thing. So, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I just think, uh, I yeah, I think it's understanding who this is for, right? Um, but I think this is great, and I think Walmart um, is a perfect retailer for this because obviously they service such a wide variety of demographics, and, and I think this is a really good fit. Um, Taylor, what, what were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm the same. I don't have anything else to add. I think this is really interesting. I think everything you said was spot on.
0: These these are the topics that <laughs> that are great to cover, but don't provide a lot of filler uh, for airtime because, again, like we're all on the same page, um, and we just think like right this is a really good idea. Go. Great. <laughs> great job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right, well let's uh, let's dive into it, the the final kind of uh, topic we want to talk to you. Obviously, uh, we are here on a podcast talking to you um, really with like kind of no intentions, right? We all have our own companies. Uh, We all have our own things that we're, we're focused on. But we really try to make sure that this this um, this podcast kind of stays outside of that and isn't really pushing like the agendas of our companies. And I think one of the things that I've seen is like, um, one is like a lot of founders of companies becoming a lot more um, out there and open. And then the other one is like a lot of brands are, are launching podcasts as an own marketing channel, right? How can they own um, kind of the discourse about their brands, um, whether that's Thrive, you know, CJ, you brought up, um, you know, Nectar. Um, there's just a lot of companies that are really starting to focus on building out podcast networks um, for their audience and so i thought this was kind of really interesting to see this is a new marketing channel Um, i think it's great again to kind of own that and then build out your community Um, and i'm sure um, it's got a lot of long-term value um, to the brand too so taylor we can kind of start with you what were your thoughts on this and do you know any brands kind of inside of your personal portfolio that you work with that that are doing this
2: no, but it's been talked about a lot. I think, again, even like some of the brands I work with that are later stage, I think they're still still not late stage businesses. And I think they still have other priorities to be honest. Um, so I'm not sure necessarily if like, I, I mean, the only thing I, I ha- we have been doing is I work, I, I launched for Preneur Ricard years ago, like a sales focused podcast to help virtually like inform and educate sales reps nationwide. So like what to focus on when selling in products. And so some of the brands I work with have implemented that, um, which is more of a B2B podcast that helps their sales force or their distributor partners know what to sell and know what to prioritize, uh, which seems a little bit more mission critical in some ways, um, but for brands like a Thrive or larger scale brands that are obviously like have more money to deploy targeting consumers, you know, kind of more on ongoing strategic widespread basis, this makes sense. I mean, I think people love the podcast, you know, channel overall, and it just depends on the content. Like, am I gonna like just as a consumer, if I like Trader Joe's, which I do here and there, like if they have a podcast, which it looks like they do, would I listen to it? I don't know, maybe I would give it a shot. And if the content feels like it's trend focused or they have interesting interviewees, something like that for sure. But if it's all about just the brand, I feel like I would get really tired of that really quickly. Um, So like what they, it looks like for Trader Joe's, which I never knew that they had a podcast. It seems to be all about like everything Trader Joe's related, um, which I guess works in the context because they have like a very polarizing, brand but also just like people just like love Trader Joe's and everything about Trader Joe's so in that case I think it's okay that they keep it about everything about the company like shopping lists our favorite this and that our loyalty program but for something like a thrive market like I would rather see them bring in really interesting brands that they have within the company or topics like they're doing around like nutrition and wellness. And so, yeah, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, I think broadening it for things like a marketplace, I think is a great approach because they can also just like leverage. And it's nice for the, for the market too. It's like for these companies, if they are like an e-com platform or marketplace, I think, you know, their partners will also find it to be really attractive to be able to be potentially featured on something like this ongoing. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really smart idea.
0: Yeah. I think if you're, you got to like speak more to like a community element versus like the brand itself, I think that that's the best way to go. Like if you're, you know, if you're a brand that sells running clothes, like talk about like, like create a running podcast and and don't necessarily like push your agenda, like on every episode.
2: Brand. Yeah. yeah Yeah, so i think like that's the best way
0: if your trader joe is like making it about diet and healthy living and things like that that makes a ton of sense um so i think striking that balance and and understanding like hey it's if we just take our time we build out the content and we bring value to our listeners like that is going to eventually organically help us uh grow sales and grow our business um and become a great marketing arm for us where it's gonna be a lot more affordable than than paid marketing um obviously having kind of your own channel there um cj um i know when i sent you over the article you were like this is uh this seems like exactly what nectar is doing and and obviously nectar was was highlighted here what's your thoughts on brands doing this and then you know what All have right, you seen so from Nectar's hot success take,
1: hot take and swear words incoming this is the dumbest fucking thing i've heard in a long time um and Hey, hey, be nice to Thrive Market and Trader Joe's. Well, I, I, they might be able to pull it off, but I can't tell you the amount of brands in my own portfolio that, who will not be named have come to be like, hey, we're going to do a podcast like Nectar. And I'm like, you guys, like, spend a little time listening to that podcast. Like, These are actual, like, and I don't use this word lightly, marketing geniuses who would reach an audience regardless of whether or not it's attached to a product like so few of these brands have this voice and an audience that's interested but they they look at the success across the ways and like, and some of what's driving this is like like the Nelk boys with happy dad or or stuff with with the the, the paul brothers like nectar is one almost needle in a haystack example that are somehow becoming famous at influencers at the exact same time their brand is exploding and like the the idea that the average person and i say this as an average person with a podcast that probably has very little listenership i don't know how many people listen to this but the idea that that resources can be used appropriately to go tackle this 99 times out of 100 are going to be an absolute total time waste because there's not going to be an authentic hook to get consumers to listen. It's, I mean, podcasts are amazing because you, you, know, you, know, you can find a certain type of listener who is attracted to an almost infinitely fractured interest group that's represented by some podcast. So you want to talk to people that love X, Y, and Z, well, we've got enough data to say they're listening to this podcast and you can get your advertising on there for cheaper than you could go find these people anywhere else. Love that. The idea that 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 the average brand is talented enough to create an owned media channel just because owned media channels are good—utter ridiculousness—and um, and, and it will not work. Um, so that's 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 going on. Tell
2: us how you really feel <laughs> on,
1: on, on stuff like Trader Joe's, where there's like 30 million people that like like try and find me a person that doesn't like Trader Joe's. Like, okay, maybe they can get some percentage of those people to listen to that podcast, but like when when brands that have like CRM lists that, you know, that don't number in the high eight and nine figures. Um, Also
2: like what, also like what occasion, like, sorry, CJ, but like, what, like, where am I? (laughs) Like, maybe I'm being weird, but like, I listen to podcasts, right? So like, I listen to Jay Shetty, like, When I'm walking or on a run or you know like we're relaxing, relaxing all the time that we have to relax, but you know like those types of things. Like when at what moment in time, if I could listen to a podcast, I'd rather listen to what happened in the news, like NPR, right or New York. Like that's just I don't get the occasion. I guess yeah. Pick
1: that Jay Shetty example. I love it. Why would you pick a two million dollar trailing twelve month wellness company? And listen to their podcast about <laughs> holistic health over Jay Shetty. In what freaking? That's
2: way. right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like Jay Shetty's going to win every time.
1: Like this is like this is crazy talk. Um, and 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 it's the re like like literally it's the reason. That I've invested so much money in Nectar is because they are special marketers <laughs> that like who can actually do this. It's the it's the difference between writing down the rules of performance marketing and then actually executing them with great content. Like you you can write a book, you can listen to Nick Sharma's podcast all you want. It doesn't make you a good performance marketer. Um you might you might you might pick up a couple tips. Um so I I I uh I think this is silly, but I love talking about it. Um, because all it does is highlight the people who are truly good at it. Like, and even even further down in that article, I don't know if we put the articles in the show notes. Like, you know, it's kind of like that old Supreme Court um, diatribe. Like, I don't you know, don't necessarily know what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. Like, they're talking about Bobby's podcast called Milk Drunk. If you're going to call your podcast Milk Drunk, I that that is a signal to me that probably you have the creativity to be pretty funny and engaging about a topic, new motherhood um you know or new fatherhood depending on who wants to listen to the, the podcast like that might actually be a combination of funny engaging and informative that might work but like can you imagine just tuning in to like the average founders podcast like i'd blow my head off um so but, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think
0: it. i think part of the issue too is like the like we like we i mean we suck we we have like the benefit of like we've taken like four to five years to like really build out everything really slowly that we do on content. So we don't actually have to pay a lot of marketing. And I don't actually think the brands know like how long it takes to build up an audience or how long it takes to like build out like a podcast audience and all that stuff. So I just don't even know, like, if like, I think a lot of people might be starting it and thinking like they're going to get the initial um, results or responses that they're looking for, or from one of these more established podcasts and like, that's just not going to happen. So uh, I just think the time involves, uh, like it also pulling you away from your business when you don't have a clear plan on like what it's going to actually be about and how you're going to engage with a larger audience and all of that and build it out around the community. It's like, it's all just tough things to balance. And we are, we are though going into this weird, just like phase of business where it's like, There's the business and then there's the founder of the business and both of those things we always feel like have to be well known and there has to be like, kind of like the founder influencer. And so I think this is just kind of another arm of that where people almost feel like, oh, I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing for my entity or my business if I'm not doing this too, because there's, it seems like everyone else is also starting to do that thing. Um, So I just feel like it's also just like a lot of groupthink and, and peer pressure from what they're seeing, you know, happening around them.
1: that's a nice way of putting it
0: <laughs> that's the nicer way of like of, of then no one is going to listen to this um all right well tomorrow's april 1st so we can all look forward to the really bad brand marketing of like we made this flavor uh just oh. kidding <laughs> so everyone can- thank
1: you so much thank you so much for reminding me my mother gets me like i would say a so- no. 6 or 7 out of 10 like like gets me into an absolute tizzy like like the the last the last year, she she called me and just pretended to be so angry because we we had we had borrowed or maybe this was two Aprils I don't know we had borrowed her truck for like a very long road trip my my wife and I and like and she knew that I that I didn't put enough of the coolant in during the time and she's like oh my god the engine block fractured your father is furious like you've got to, and like and like every year she does something like this and every year she gets me. I'm gonna go put a sticky note on my bathroom mirror to remind myself that tomorrow's April first, because she's gonna try and get me. Um, there you go. Now, now, now now I am now I am ready.
0: Yeah, it's always my least favorite like food marketing day of the year. Cause it's like, okay, I get it. You didn't make like a sardine flavored sparkling water. We don't need to like generate this content now every year on April first. Um but yeah, uh shorter episode than usual. Nice little Friday episode. Uh it was great chatting with you both, and we'll be back next week.
1: Hi everyone.
0: All right, bye. Bye
2: guys.